the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Hello, Biblical Citizens. It's already Christmas season, almost the end of 2021. I don't think any of us can believe that. We have a great show for you today. Kathleen will be rejoining us next week. I know she did the show last week, and we got some great comments on that, so we'll see if I can match her. Maybe it's like a competition, not really. So today we're going to interview an influential political leader here in the San Diego area, Morgan Kimbrew is president of San Diego Young Republicans. He's a national committeeman for the California Young Republicans. You may have heard him already. He's been interviewed on local news stations. He's a frequent guest on One America News Network, and he's also been well-published in the Washington Examiner, the Foundation for Economic Education, and others. little background, Morgan studied economics at San Jose State. He currently works in the tech sector, And he's an officer in the U.S. Army Reserve, so quite a background. He's leading several initiatives right now that we're going to be talking about on this show, including the rising, scary rise in crime, the need to stop the abuses of our county supervisor, Nathan Fletcher, and more. Welcome, Morgan. Brian, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Well, we're really happy to have you. So, you know, it's not been too many years since you graduated from university, a lot less than me, I have to say. And, you know, many in younger generations today, whether it's Gen X or Gen Z or whatever, seem to have been unfortunately indoctrinated in what's called woke ideology, and it's affecting our whole culture. So I'm always interested when I see a, a younger conservative freedom leader like yourself Tell us a little bit about your background and what influences in your life caused you to fight for liberty and against this woke collectivism that we have. Well, it started my last semester on college campus. It was uh, uh, the fall of 2016, so that was the election, obviously, of Donald Trump. And actually, I was quite ambivalent to politics at the time, really wasn't paying too much attention to it. Uh, I was really just focused on my studies, uh, working a full-time job uh, to pay for my school. And, uh, you know, I was just catching little tidbits here and there of the election and really was kind of, I would say, within the realm of where I went, San Jose State, a very liberal area, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and 
just kind of was picking up on on what people were saying. Oh, you know, Hillary Clinton is going to win the landslide. Donald Trump is the worst thing ever. Uh, but when I started to watch the debates, I really got tuned in and realized that uh, you know Donald Trump is making a lot of sense on um, his economic policies and his stances. Uh, and then in November eighth, twenty sixteen, the historic election of Donald Trump really you know shifted the atmosphere, not just in America but the world, and you know really started to make me uh, you know get more involved. Um, you know, I saw the backlash on the college campuses of just, you know, running down Trump supporters uh, to the point of, of violence. And, uh, you know, it was shortly thereafter where Molly Yiannopoulos went on UC Berkeley and the campus pretty much burned down. Um, so that really was kind of my awakening moment. Uh, as we say, you know, red towing is what a lot of young people like to use. Yeah. Um, and so I, once I graduated from college, I moved back down to San Diego, where I'm from, where I was born and raised, and just started to get more involved, really started to listen to a lot more, uh, you know, conservative uh, speakers, uh, read a lot more conservative books, and started to get involved with media, started writing, started getting published, and then started getting involved with the local grassroots here in San Diego. Um, so that eventually led into getting involved with the Young Republicans and eventually being elected the president in early 2020. Uh, and since that time, obviously, uh, right before I took over was, uh, you know, right before COVID hit. And clearly we've had a lot of uh, shift in perception we have we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in in just a in just a minute morgan but i want to touch on one other thing reaching back into your college years a little bit for one other thing and that is i noticed you majored in econ i majored in economics in college a bit before you like we said but i remember i got i was in an environment of strong left-leaning not left-leaning strong left-wing professors where i was going to school but I also got exposed somehow to the writings of people like Ludwig Mises and Frederick Hayek and Milton Friedman. And I remember during one semester, I'd, I must have had 20, over two semesters, must have had 20 straight lectures from left-leaning or left-wing economists. And they made the mistake to bring the famous Frederick Hayek in to lecture to us in one time, in one lecture he destroyed everything that those propagandists had said the whole last two semesters. So, what are what are your thoughts on that kind of? And and for those of you don't who don't know who these guys are, they're kind of like the origin of free market economics. They they talk about the whole rationale and the whole logic of free market economics. So, do you have any comment on that, Morgan, or what do you think about these guys? Well, interestingly enough, when I studied economics at San Jose State, we were based in the Austrian School of Economics. So I'm very well read in Mises, Hayek, Friedman, uh, Israel Kirzner, uh, Thomas Sowell, Milton Friedman, uh, protege. So I really got entrenched with Austrian School of Economics policies. And that was really my foundation of my political beliefs. Um, and certainly I've gotten more conservative. Um, as it relates to other issues, um, as I've, you know, been saved and baptized as a Christian. But I think it's very important to understand, you know, how a, a free market functions with the levers of capitalism, uh, you know, incentives, uh, you know, consumer theory, price theory, you know, macroeconomics. So, 
you know, it, it's all there. It's all logic. The facts are with, you know, a, a system of, of capitalism that doesn't have a, a huge hand of government regulation. Um, so I think it's very important. Um, I, I, you know, Keynesian School of Economics, right, is something that I certainly, you know, read a little bit about. I think it's certainly, as you said, good to get a dissenting viewpoint. But, you know, Mises, Hayek, and Friedman are really the founding fathers of, you know, modern-day economics. Yep. I want to touch on uh, something you just touched on, too, which is, of course, this show, Biblical Citizen, and, and it relates to your Christian faith. But I want to I want to read a quote that I found from you on Twitter. The amazing thing about Twitter, right? You post something on Twitter and it never die, it never goes away. But So the media is beating the drums all this week, beating the drums on the latest COVID variant out of South Africa, making it sound really scary. So what you posted a while back on Twitter is this. I'm going to quote, I am not afraid of COVID because I have the faith and protection of God. If I have any fear it's the godless in power in government that want to play God and take away our freedom. I choose freedom, not fear. I thought that was so great. Could you elaborate a little bit more on your thought there? Yes. As a believer, uh, I put my faith in God when things are going astray. I put faith in God when in all aspects of my life. I get up every day, I pray, and I, I read the Bible and make sure that I'm aligning you know, my life with God's Word. And what we have happening in our government are politicians that want to take away our neoliberal rights of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness that are given to us by our Creator, not government. And so when you have people in power that are not respecting our neoliberal rights, they see themselves as the truth. They see themselves as playing God within our government. And look no further than what we've, you know, what, what, what's being pushed with COVID, right? The new variant, you know, we've gotten people so afraid and so fearful, you know, you have to you know, put your faith in God for so much. And when you're not, you know, but when, when you're so focused on fear and you're letting fear dictate your life, you're not letting God come in and be a presence in your life. So, you know, as a, as a Christian, as someone who, you know, does my very best at all times to align my life with God, I think it's important that we're making sure that we're creating an environment where God's Word and God's power can prosper in our nation, because our our, our nation is a, a, a nation that is set up by godly principles given to us by our Constitution and founding fathers that wrote it. Yep, yep. You know, I was just—I've been reading a book by Eric Metaxas called—let's um, see, it's called— it's called the end of atheism. I may not have the title exactly right, but his his first page has a quote from the from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Alexander Solzhenitsyn said early in his life, um, which wasn't only a decade or so after the Russian Revolution, and he lived many many years in the Soviet Union. People asked him, "How could this horror have happened to the Bolsheviks and all the deaths and the mass murders and everything?" And his answer was, men had forgotten God. And then 50 years later, when he was an old man, he was asked the same question. He said, I have researched everything. I have written books. I've, I've, by this time, he was living in the United States. And if someone asked me, what was the reason for the disaster that befell Russia? I could never improve upon the answer I had 50 years ago. Men had forgotten God. So that's a... Uh, 
something we need to keep in mind. Now, uh, real quick, we're coming up shortly to the break, but Morgan, you mentioned in the beginning in the intro, you, you wear a lot of different hats. Among those, president of San Diego Young Republicans. I participated in a phone bank you organized a while back during the Newsom recall, and you had a lot of 20-somethings and young, younger folks working hard, making calls. So we touched on this a little bit, but what kinds of people are attracted to join young Republicans in this culture in Southern California? And you want to mention any particular issue or campaign that you see as really important right now to focus on? And then we'll come up to the break. Well, we have a broad and diverse group of young Republicans here in San Diego, ranging from all different backgrounds and walks of life. And I think a unifying principle is the infringement of our liberties and freedoms by the government. I mean, there's certain issues that we may you know, disagree on, but I think the fundamental core concept is that we believe that we believe in individual liberties. We believe in, you know, our rights that are, are being taken away from us by government, and especially over the last two years. I think there's we've seen a, a huge increase in our turnout at events by people that may have been on the left or politically ambivalent, but are so really just fed up with, uh, you know, the, the intrusion of government in their life. Um, so you're definitely getting people that are, are, are passionate about the issue. They're passionate about the direction of the country. And, uh, you know, it's very encouraging to see, especially as younger people, obviously, you know, usually tend to be on the on the left side of this political spectrum. I think we have the real opportunity to change that. I agree with you. It's so stick with us, folks. We need to take a short break, but we're going to talk about some hot issues when we come back, like County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher and what he's doing to the county and the rising crime, the raging mobs looting malls. What's going on? Be right back. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. We are back with Morgan Kimbrew, president of San Diego Young Republicans and a real influential leader for liberty right here in San Diego County. Now, I didn't get we didn't have time uh, before the break. I was just asking you before the break what campaigns you're focusing on and what issues. So, I want to touch on some of those right now because I know you didn't mention it yet but didn't give you time but one of the things you're you're focused on is Mayor Richard Bailey of Coronado is now running for the United States Congress. I know Richard Bailey, he's a terrific, he's charismatic, he's a person of principle. So I wanted uh if you could tell us a little bit about this race, who is he running against and uh, does he have any particular messages he's running on? Well, Richard Bailey is a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. He's also a man of character and integrity, and we need people like him in Congress. So if I can just delve into his campaign right now. Yeah. Richard uh, is top 10 in fundraising for Republican candidates in Q3, so he had a very big fundraising hall, which, which shows you know his popularity here in San Diego. He's qualified for the Republican Young Gun Program, so that's the RNC recognizing uh, you know, certain candidates that are below a certain age that are viable to be elected to Congress. 
Uh, he won re-election to Coronado Mayor with 99% of the vote, so that shows that he knows how to win local elections and get up the grassroots. And he's been a staunch fighter against Sandag and the COVID lockdown policy. So one of the things that he did while other coastal mayors were walking down their beaches, he opened up you know, the beaches of Coronado, actually followed the science. Um, right? So he's kept the, the beaches and the parks open. He's managed Coronado very well. And the NRCC right now is recruiting him to run in the newly created Southeast County seat uh, for the majority from and raised. So if I can, you know, just impart, uh, you know, to your listeners and to everybody that's, uh, you know, wants to get involved, you know, Richard Bailey, um, we have the opportunity to take back the House of Representatives in 2022 in a red wave election. And it starts here in San Diego with, uh, you know, with getting somebody like Richard Bailey elected. And so we're definitely going to need all hands on deck. And the young Republicans are putting a lot of our resources into that race. Um, I don't think you mentioned, do you know who his opponent is, or does that depend on how the redistricting is finalized? Yes. So that's going to be determined by redistricting. So there's been uh, back and forth of it, actually how will the districts be drawn um, I believe that will be finalized at the end of December, if, I'm, if, if I recall that correctly. So once that happens, because recall, right, we've lost a congressional district. Uh, we're going from 55 uh, electoral votes right. to 54. Yep. So the districts are going to be redrawn, and then from there we'll, we'll understand exactly how, that, uh, how the election is going to line up on the Democratic side. Well, we could certainly use him in Congress. I think this will be a red wave election because the – Mainstream media is, I don't believe, powerful enough. They're not as powerful as they used to be. Look at the ratings. They're not powerful enough to deny what people are seeing with their own eyes with these people in power. And I want to focus on another person, uh, another race coming up this next year. You appeared recently, Morgan, at an event. It was called Fed Up with Fletcher. And boy, (laughs) it couldn't be put better, I think. For those of you who may not know, Nathan Fletcher is the chairman or the head of the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. It's five people, and they influence so much of what goes on in our county, from COVID lockdowns to the police to whether we have to pay a mileage tax when we drive on our roads, which they want to put through. And the other two Democrats on the council, Tara Lawson-Remmer and Nora Vargas, they just vote in lockstep with Nathan, they all they want to know is how does Nathan vote, and they vote that way. So, can you talk a little bit about why we need to uh, why we need to replace Nathan Fletcher, who, by the way, is up for reelection in twenty twenty two? Yes, Nathan Fletcher, as you mentioned, is the chair of the county board of supervisors, and Nathan Fletcher, you know, he's a former Republican who got elected in twenty eighteen. Um, by uh, which his county supervisor seat here in District 4, which I live in Pacific Beach, was held by, uh, by, by a Republican. So it's very important that we flip the county board of supervisors. You know, what Nathan Fletcher, you know, when he was campaigning out in 2020 hard against Kristen Gaspar, Kristen Gaspar is a friend of mine and, and, and a great woman of, of character. And she integrity. certainly is. We've had her on this show. She's absolutely fabulous. And, yep. and Nathan, but Nathan just you know campaigned hard against her to get Tara Lawson Reamer elected, so the County Board of Supervisors could be in control of Democrats. So you know we have to do the same thing, except flip it towards Republicans. And in a local race, 
Nathan, he won 67% of the vote last time, but in the local race, you have the ability to swing hard in the other direction. And we saw that recently in elections all throughout the country, um, whether it was in New Jersey, uh, Ed Durr, a truck driver flipping the state Senate yep. uh, president. Right. So in a local races, you have the ability to impact a lot of change. You know, we think, you know, California is a monolithic Democratic state, but on local races, as Tip O'Neill said, the former Speaker of the House Democrat, that all politics is local. So we can definitely uh, be galvanized and, and rally behind getting Nathan Fletcher out with the grassroots and making it available, the information available for people that want to know exactly what Nathan Fletcher stands for. And so, you know, I, I brought up, I brought up when I spoke that he has a profile in the World Health Organization, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, I'm sorry, the World Economic Forum, right? Yeah. So what is a Diego County Board of Supervisor, what is he doing going to Davos, Switzerland on a yearly basis and advocating for a one world global policy is what they're looking for. That's unacceptable. I think that needs to be investigated to understand, you know, is, who is what is Nathan Fletcher actually representing? And it's clearly not San Diego. He's representing Nathan Fletcher, and that's 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 you know represented by the career that he's had by flip flopping on one his political party and two um, on many different policies as it's related to COVID. Some of us have testified or spoken. We we got two minutes, and now he's cut it down to one minute before the. Tuesday County Board or Supervisors meetings, and we've had hundreds of people turn out week after week speaking against his lockdowns and other things, his irrational policies, and he not only doesn't listen to people, doesn't look people in the eye, but he texts, including using four-letter words, he sends out texts during the testimony of his own citizens that he's supposed to represent and refers to us in the most vile terms, he is. You you put your finger on it. He's he's beholden to people that don't even live here. He's a puppet, and I'm sure he's getting a lot in return. But he's a puppet of people that don't even live here that are associated with organizations like the World Economic Forum, and that's where he gets his marching orders to put this new sandag mileage tax it's going to put a transponder in every vehicle and track and tax every mile that you drive so clearly you and i understand and i think a lot of people understand he's been a negative influence um morgan you said you live i think you said you live in his district are you considering maybe running against him (laughs) well i appreciate uh you asked the question but no i do not plan on running against nathan fletcher um, I think there's talks of many uh, viable candidates who we will put up against Nathan Fletcher here. Um, but, you know, again, but I do think it's important that we have a candidate that's able to, you know, connect with the grassroots that really understands the issue to, you know, lives in the district, understands the population, understands the people, understands the issues. And, and three, you know, that's able to, you know, motivate, galvanize and, draw a clear contrast between, you know, the corruption of Nathan Fletcher. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see. I've, I've certainly been part of a few of those conversations uh, of who it would actually be. Um, but we certainly have to get started and get the ball rolling on uh, who we're going to run against Nathan Fletcher here in 2022. We, we do. Time is the clock's ticking. One other, we probably have only time for one other major issue to talk about on this show, and that is the California 
crime wave. We've we've all seen the videos, but it's getting really close to home. You see mobs of hoodlums. What else can you call them? Mobs of hoodlums ransacking stores like Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus in the suburbs too, not just in San Francisco. And as someone was pointing out, you know, and not a single J.C. Penney store has been ransacked. I guess, I guess, the oppressed people who are raiding stores don't don't like J.C. Penney stuff. But that's a that's a different issue. But what I'm asking you about is, isn't it a coincidence that this big spike in crime? It's happening as a result of the progressive policies, isn't it? Like like letting people out on bail almost immediately. And one other one other thing, I had a local office holder tell me today, or not today, but a couple days ago, local office holder in Escondido, that when someone's arrested in Escondido for theft, they're usually back on the street within a few hours. They don't spend one night in jail. So I don't know. What do, what do you think about that? Well, I think it starts, you're talking about San Francisco specifically, uh, their DA, Chesa Boudin, is, was elected as part of the rogue prosecutor movement, so money backed by George Soros. And the DA previously was a guy named George Gascon, who is now the DA in Los Angeles. So what has happened systemically in uh, America is that there's been election of these, these, these rogue prosecutors that are not prosecuting crime and they're, you know, flowing, uh, essentially allowing a crime, a, 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 an agenda where, where they're not prosecuting crime. So there are certain props like 47 here and 57 in California um, and prop 57 nonviolent crimes now include human trafficking, drive-by shooting, assault with a firearm or deadly weapon, assault on a police officer, uh, and now it's it's considered uh, a misdemeanor uh, unless you steal more than nine hundred fifty dollars worth of property. So, right, even divides crime here in California. And in addition, there's certainly been a anti-police rhetoric and agenda from the Democratic Party, and so it's a an awful combination of the two that's culminating in just a crime spree throughout California. And, you know, San Diego, it well, we've certainly had our spikes in crime, but And I'd know, like you know, to I'd like to I'd love to talk about that. We've run at the end of our time, Morgan, but this has just been you've gotten so much in. You have so much more to share. Look forward to having you on the show again and have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you, Brian. God bless. God bless. To bless your neighbor this week, use this Christmas season to remember all you're thankful for and what you can do to help succeeding generations. Take action on one or more causes and be generous in your giving. Till next week. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility 
responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.